Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us now uh, to hear your word, to see your Son, and to bow before him in worship and reverence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've heard of the bad joke challenge. Uh, Two people go head to head telling bad jokes and the first person to laugh loses. Uh, Youth leaders have been doing it. Ulster rugby players have been having a go. It's on social media all the time. So here are a few bad jokes to see if I can make you laugh. Apologies in advance. Man goes into the doctor and says, Doctor, doctor, I feel like a pair of curtains. And the doctor says, pull yourself together, man. What do you call a man with a car on his head? Jack? They they get worse, so they do, don't worry. Uh, What do you call a man with a seagull on his head? Cliff? Yep, someone got it. Very good. Uh, What sort of photos do turtles like to take? Shelfies? Oh, yes, they are really bad. And the last one, I promise, the last one. Uh, What do you call a Spanish man who has just got out of hospital? Manuel. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's my sense of humor, so I'm sorry for that. Um... You can tell me your best joke later on at the door. See if you can make me laugh. Um, But whenever I was wee, the thing that I loved to watch were cartoons to make me laugh. Tom and Jerry or Roadrunner. And if you think back, maybe you've watched those a bit more recently. Uh, But in every cartoon, Tom the cat would try to catch Jerry the mouse and every time Jerry escaped there would always be some sort of elaborate plot and every time Jerry would escape it was the same with Roadrunner do you remember Roadrunner the the bird and there was uh, Wiley Coyote who was trying to catch him and so uh, he would paint what looked like a tunnel on a bit of rock yeah remember that now tunnel on the bit of rock roadrunner would run right through it and then (coughs) excuse me (coughs) and then Wiley (coughs) Coyote uh, would try to follow him and what would happen smack into the rock the cartoons were really really funny but after a while you started to think to yourself why does he keep doing it Why does he bother whenever he knows that it's not going to work? Whenever he knows that he's never going to catch Jerry or uh, Roadrunner, whichever one it was. 
if you think by the tenth cartoon or the hundredth cartoon that he would realize that he wasn't going to win. It's the same sort of why question that we find at the start of Psalm 2. And if you've closed your Bible, perhaps you'd open it again to page 543. Psalm 2 and verse 1. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Do you see who all is involved uh, in this psalm, nations and peoples, kings and rulers. And they're all opposing the Lord and his anointed one. They're conspiring, they're plotting in vain, they're taking their stand, they're gathering together against the Lord and his anointed one. So when you see the Lord in capital letters, the way it is there... Uh, That's God's name. That's the covenant-making, promise-keeping God of Israel. And his anointed one? Who's that? Who is the anointed one? Well, to be anointed is to have oil put on your forehead. To be set apart for God's service. So in the Old Testament, uh, priests were anointed, prophets were anointed... But also kings were anointed. You might remember when Saul uh, is a bad king. And so Samuel comes to anoint David uh, to make him king. Uh, But the anointed one is the word you might recognize. Messiah or Christ in the Greek. Nations conspiring and peoples plotting against the Lord and against his Christ. It happens all the time. We're seeing it more and more often. You might remember Alistair Campbell, who was Tony Blair's top advisor, famously declaring back in 2003, we don't do God. Well, we've come a long way since then with a widespread rejection of God. Now, I don't know uh, what you think of the DUP. I I don't normally talk politics in the pulpit. Uh, But just think how they've been portrayed in recent days by the mainland media. They're dinosaurs or bigots. They're homophobes or, or worse. Why? Because they hold to a certain moral position on abortion and on various other issues. Or think of the nations where it's illegal to be a Christian. Open Doors is a a mission agency working with persecuted believers. And every year they produce a world watch list of the top 50 countries where Christians face persecution. Places where We couldn't meet like this. 
if we were in those countries. Countries like North Korea, Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sudan. Those are the the top five. If you want any more information about that, speak to me afterwards. I'll get you uh, the details of uh, Open Doors and uh, the World Watch List. So the question is there, why do they conspire against the Lord? Well, in Psalm 2 we hear different voices speaking. And in this first section, in verse 3, we hear the words of the kings and the rulers themselves as they stand against the Lord and his anointed. Look what they say. They say, let us break their chains and throw off their fetters they imagine that God has them chained up and so they need to throw them off in order to be free you see what they're saying they're saying we don't need God we'll do our own thing we're not interested in Christ we want to break free So what is God's reaction to this opposition? Well, we see that in verse 4. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. This is what makes God laugh. The idea that kings and rulers can get the better of God. The idea uh, that people can oppose him. It would be like us gathering up a jam jar of ants. And then watching as they try to get out and try to get us. Well, what can they do to us really? Or it would be like someone uh, taking a pea shooter and trying to attack attack a tank. That's hard to say. A pea shooter attacking a tank. It's pointless. It's useless. You see, while, while to us that these kings and rulers can seem important and powerful, they might make us fearful, they just make God laugh if they think they can get one over on God. And then we hear God speak. It's a word of rebuke, a word of terror and wrath as he reveals his answer to this opposition. He says, verse 6, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. Zion is another name for Jerusalem, the place where the Old Testament kings of Israel reigned. God's answer to this opposition is to appoint his own king to reign. And rule. And then straight away in verse 7, we get another voice. And this time it's the voice of the king himself. I don't know if you saw it this week, but on Thursday there was an interview with Prince Harry in which he said that no one in the royal family wants to be king or queen but that they would do their duty if it came to it. Well, here we have an exclusive interview with the installed king. 
verse 7. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. This psalm might have been used for the coronation of the kings of Israel. Uh, The king symbolically becoming God's son as he becomes king of the nation. But those words are an echo of what we hear in the New Testament. Do you remember at Jesus' baptism, there's a, a voice from heaven. And what does it say? It says, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And the words are said again at the transfiguration. They're also quoted in Acts 13 and Hebrews 1 and Hebrews 5. There's no doubt that this king, uh, who is God's son, is Jesus. But there's even more. God the Father tells God the Son to ask him for something. I don't know what you're like. Maybe you have a, a list of things, a wish list of things that you know whenever it's coming near your birthday uh, or coming near Christmas and someone says what would you like I'm really bad at that Lindsay will tell you I'm really bad at that I'm just I don't know don't know something something nice you can commiserate with her later on so you can but here God the Father Tells him what to ask for. Verse 8. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. God the Father tells the king, his son, to ask. For the nations. The king will receive the nations as his inheritance. The ends of the earth as his possession. And if you remember a fortnight ago. Isn't that what Jesus told us at the end of Matthew's gospel? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is in charge of the universe. He is the king of kings he will rule with an iron scepter now that word uh, rule is a word that also means shepherd it's the picture of the Lord as our shepherd king now, do you remember in Psalm 23 words that are so familiar words that probably everyone knows the Lord is my shepherd And do you remember later on in that psalm that David says uh, that even though he passes through the valley of the shadow of death, he will fear no evil. Now why will David fear no evil as he passes through the valley of the shadow of death? He says, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So what is it? That brings David comfort 
in the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff. Now, rod and staff aren't the names of the, the shepherd's teddy bear, you know, something to cuddle, to bring you comfort. The rod and the staff are weapons against the wicked. They're his protection against those who are out to get him. In the same way here in Psalm 2, Jesus rules the universe with his iron scepter. And he's not afraid to use it to dash nations to pieces like pottery. Have you ever been to a Greek restaurant uh, or maybe in Greece and you have their, your meal and then what do they do? They smash the plates. They'll probably be handier than washing them, wouldn't it? Might get a bit expensive though. Well, Jesus can do the same to nations and to kings. The people that we see on the news every day The people that we might be afraid of. And yet Jesus can rule over them. He can dash them to pieces. The last section gives us the response. I wonder, did you notice that uh, this psalm is broken up into four bits? uh, Each of them three verses. And the, the two middle bits, verse 4 to 6, and then verse 7 to 9, are both about God and his king. They, they match each other. A bit like um, a sandwich uh, with two bits of ham in the middle. Uh, someone in Ahave told me that I uh, used food illustrations too much. Um, sorry, I've already started. Um, but imagine a, 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 a ham sandwich. Or, or a double cheeseburger. Maybe that's even better. Double cheeseburger. So you have the two burgers in the middle. Okay. And then on the outside. Top and bottom. You have the bap. Or maybe you know. Think of the amount of bacon. That some people ate yesterday morning. Uh, watching the Lions match. But anyway. Two burgers in the middle. Two bats. A bap either side. And that's the way this psalm is arranged. The first section, it was all about the nations and the kings. And then the two middle bits were about God and his king. So the the, the bottom bit, the, the outside bit again, well it matches the first one. It's about the, the nations and the kings again. Verse 10, therefore... Because of all that we've already heard, because God laughs at the plans of the nations, because God has established his king to rule the nations and if necessary, dash them to pieces, therefore you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. The version that you have in front of you is the NIV, the the New International Version. But sometimes I try to think of the the other NIV, the Northern Iron Version. And verse 10 would be something like this. Kings, wise up. 
wise up. Don't keep doing the things that you're doing. It's a bit like uh, when parents put their uh, children in time out to think of what you're doing. So what is this wise thing to do? Well, they should hear and heed the warning to not continue their self-destructive plans of opposition to God's king. And what should they do? Well, look at the active words in verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. And there's another one in verse 12. Uh, Kiss. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Kneel before him, kiss his feet, submit to him. Why? Lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Isn't this incredible? That while these nations and kings are opposing God, God turns around and says to them, there is another way, you know. You can be wise and not continue down that path. You can submit to me. And you know, we are just like the kings and rulers. We too can go our own way, but the Bible says in the end it will lead to destruction. Far better to hear And to heed this warning. To kiss the sun. The psalm ends with a great promise. To all who come to the sun. It's a promise for you today. If you're trusting in Jesus. Or even if you trust him today. For the very first time. Let's look at it together. The very last line. Blessed are all. Who take refuge in him. There is a blessing today. For all who shelter in Jesus. In Star Trek. Now don't worry I'm not a tracking. I just. Maybe you are. And that's a good thing. But I'm not. But in Star Trek there's an alien group. Called the Borg. And their catchphrase is this. Anyone know it? Any trackies in the congregation? Resistance is futile. That could equally be the strapline for Sam too. No matter what our schemes or plans, no matter how important or powerful we might be, our attempts to resist or overthrow the Lord and his Christ are futile they're pointless they just make God laugh but he offers us today his wisdom he offers us that chance to wise up to receive pardon and peace and blessing As we take refuge in him. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have established Jesus as our King. We pray that you would forgive us for the times in which we have gone away from you and stood to oppose you. We pray that we would know the blessing that comes as we take refuge in you. Help us this week to know that Jesus is on the throne. We pray this in his precious name. Amen.